Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's go, let's go, come on. Let's be clear. Shrine of Duty. You're being interviewed today as a witness, not as a suspect. The official, unofficial podcast. My team will get to the root of anything. Shrine of Duty. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of Shrine of Duty. We absolutely loved doing our lovely recap of season one with uh, Tony Gates being the star and Jackie Laverty. How could we not mention? But we are back to do a lovely recap of... Line of Duty Season 2. Uh, this is the season where we met Lindsay Denton. It's the season that Dot was getting even more crafty and the season that Steve was riding rings around himself. <laughs> is it the most complicated season of television of all time? This season's a, yeah. a lot of dialogue and less action than we would have seen in the first one, I think. Yeah, it's definitely ramped up like it's gone full jet. <laughs> Like my recaps are considerably longer and I was like, these two are going to kill me. But then when I came in, you were the exact same. Hannah just walked in and saw me frantically typing like that cat gif, trying to just <laughs> get the recap down a bit more. But there is, there's a lot of dialogue and you, you need to kind of be paying attention, I think, a lot with season two. Because if you miss something, you kind of don't understand what's going on. That's it. There's very subtle lies that aren't really lies, yeah. that are lies, yeah. that aren't. And you're like, I d- don't know what is happening to this date. It's funny. I think this is my third time to re-watch it and I actually when I started I was like I couldn't tell you how this season ends I'm <laughs> <laughs> poor Lindsay Denton I love her um, we got an email after oh. our season one recap from Oliver Bailey um, so again we'd all watched uh, season one at least three times maybe more none of us realised that someone shat in Steve's car until Hannah pointed it out yeah uh, Oliver emailed to say uh, Dear you three It's great to have the three of you back Shooting the breeze About the greatest TV show Of the last ten years Since you last did so I rewatched season one And a very unsavoury thought Occurred to me I didn't share it with you Because the podcast Was seemingly over But the combination of your return And something Jeb Mercurio Said recently Compelled me to get in contact Here is my not very pleasant theory Throughout episode one of series one, Steve shows indifference or at best half-heartedness about going after Gates, while Hastings is described as a zealot and shown to be determined to get Gates. Two thirds of the way through, an angry Hastings confronts Steve, accusing him of not detecting the laddering because he didn't even look. Steve replies by sharing further reservations about going after Gates, mentioning the victimisation of a black officer, saying Gates got where he is because he had to be twice as good as the next bloke. Hastings is riled by this, interprets it as a suggestion that Gates isn't corrupt, then angrily tells the story of what happened to him and his friend in the North. Yes, okay. It is less, Oliver points out, it is less than four minutes between the end of that scene and the beginning of the scene in which Steve discovers the dirty protest. Now, (laughs) 
bear in, uh, bear in mind that when Mercurio wrote Series 1, he would have had no idea who'd be cast. He's probably stated all the time he intended Hastings to be a supporting character, blah, 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 blah. Um, Mercurio would have had no idea when writing Series 1 the show would become so successful or Hastings would become uh, the breakout character. The first two series weren't even shown on BBC One. Um, at the time of writing, Jeb Mercurio may not have all uh, conceived Hastings as the bastion of Old Testament moral rectitude he evolved into and is considered as today. The persona only really kicks in Series 2. I suppose what I'm trying to say. Okay, here we go. Okay, here is, we go. I think it was Hastings that took a shit in Steve's car. <gasps> at least that was the way it was written. Hastings did it because he wanted to put a rocket up Steve to make him outraged and feel victimised by Gates to then <laughs> motivate him to get Gates. Hastings was concerned Steve was flagging and ready to leave because he believed the investigation was pointless or even racist. The poo would turn him into an attack dog with a vendetta. The only reason we think it's Gates is because Hastings H- himself he said, said he had it on good authority. Gates himself asks his team, which one of you Muppets did it? None of them <laughs> confirm it was them. They just make a joke out of it saying, I'm Spartacus. Mercurio may have written it that way so that if a second series got commissioned he had the option to develop a storyline about Hastings being corrupt or (gasps) manipulative don't have nightmares Oliver Memories Bailey oh wow that is such an incredible observation I never would have even thought of that I literally just thought that because Hastings said it because I trust him that it was Tony Gates who in fact shot in Steve's car and what a visual Ted taking a dump in Steve's car but that's such a good point it's no. like who can we trust would he have not taken the poo before and just brought it in and put it on the car oh maybe yeah. I didn't think, how do you like do you do it in the car or do you do it somewhere else and bring it like Gillian McKeith style in a little lunchbox Gillian McKeith Gillian McKeith <laughs> I, okay. I just thought you did, maybe did it in the car I thought you did it in the car as well. No, maybe you do it somewhere else. That's just I me. Don't know. Uh, me personally, I would Each do to their it, own. it somewhere else and bring it in in a lunchbox. In a concealed. Yes. Each to their own. Anyway, that's a very good observation and just hammers home the fact that nothing is, is what, it seems what it seems with Line of Duty. Yeah. And that is why we need to recap season two. Okay, I'm up first with episode one of season two. And again, I may say before the credits even roll, I had another observation. Do you remember the last time I noticed it wasn't World Productions, but it was Content Television Presents? Well, on the start of season two, it says Content Presents a World Production. Oh, they're all over the shop. Like the word television was dropped. Transitioning. Maybe Content (laughs) owns World Productions. Content definitely got, yeah, yeah. Or they got bashed into one. Something along those lines, yeah. perhaps. I smell an argument. <laughs> Someone needs to clarify that for us. If anyone from World Productions is listening to this podcast, could you please let us know what happened with your parent company? <laughs> we might bring back awful memories for them. Okay, right. Season two, episode one opens with my absolute favourite line of duty character ever. You Lindsay, do love her. I love her. <laughs> Lindsay do. Denton, played by Keely Hawes, being told there's an urgent call for the duty inspector. Now, a few things happen here in really quick succession. The team are trying to phone a boss to let the boss know that this uh, this call has been made. They can't get through. Lindsay Denton then phones DCC Mike Dryden, remember that name, and asks for approval for an operation. Lindsay then goes to run into a car like with another police officer and the police officer goes to get into his squad car and she's like, no, 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 let's take my car. They arrive at a house, it's night time and somebody is in witness protection in the house. They need moving immediately. We meet DS Jane Akers, remember the name, who tells Lindsay that she needs a safe and available place straight away for this person who's in witness protection. Lindsay tells her, I take the back roads to where we need to go. And there's like this long stare between the two of them. And then Akers says, you lead. 
Lindsay tells the officers to keep their personal radios back to back. She gives, I, can't, I haven't even written down all the things she says and does because it's so fast and so many things happen here. But she tells the officers to keep their, their personal radios back to back. I assume that meant that like the other people couldn't hear that it was just between their two cars maybe, maybe I don't know that would make sense because it was a witness it was yeah. a witness protection yeah. is it like back to back encryption or something, something. can so I the- say one thing really quickly of that scene that you said when the, all the phone calls are happening at the start yeah. when Lindsay Denton rings Mike Dryden she goes hi it's Lindsay Denton and he goes hi Linda oh does he no, I didn't I'm notice sorry. that I am it dead the at the first rudeness thing of that. I noticed. I was like, that is so, so, so oh, weird. That's weird. Okay. So we'll talk about that later. Okay. We will. Um, so the police officers who are helping with this uh, movement of the uh, person in witness protection, they ask Lindsay who's in the house and she says she doesn't know. Uh, somebody then with a blanket over them has walked out of the house and placed in the back of Jane Aker's car. They're all heading towards town. Lindsay's leading. Um, Can you she- remember watching that for the first time? Did you guess who it was? No. No, uh, no. Hon. Hon. I couldn't tell you who it is now. I've forgotten. <laughs> Should I know who that is? Yes, oh, Brendan, come on. It's literally the last scene of season one into that scene. Oh my God, is come. that it? No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It is bad. No, it's not because... No... Okay, okay, let's no, talk guys, this out. No, let's talk this out. This let's talk this Okay, let's let's keep going and I'll tell you at the end of my episode why I think it's not that person. I'm just like... Because that person dies. An aneurysm. Afterwards, no, no, that's so. Oh, do you, hold on, guys. Just who are we all talking about? Are you talking about Dot? No, oh, no, Grant. Tommy. Oh, yeah, is that who it is? I'm oh, dead. yeah, Grant. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> it's Tommy Hunter from season one. It's Tommy, is it? Yeah, I had not a clue. <laughs> I'm fired. I'm absolutely fired. This is what happens though when you you know when you haven't watched. It's Tommy in Hunter. Ages. That makes total sense. It's Tommy Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, but we don't Grant. know that yet. No. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking of a Dot. <laughs> He's in the whole I know. That's why I was like, I was like, it's not Dot. I was like, we don't know who this person is. Sorry. Okay. Um, so somebody with a blanket over them, Tommy, <laughs> is walked out of the house and placed in the back of Acre's car. Lindsay's leading. She gets run off the road by somebody in a jeep who then shoots and kills, well, almost everyone except Denton and then sets the cars on fire. DCC Dryden tells the press that there's been a, an attack on the police. Three of our colleagues have lost their lives in the line of duty. The person in witness protection <laughs> is critical but stable. <laughs> critical but stable in hospital. Kate asks who he is, but Ted says his identity is classified. Our Ted for thinks Brendan it's, and yes, Kate. for me as well. Our Ted <laughs> thinks it's all very suspect that Lindsay Denton was the only one to escape unscathed and asked Steve and Kate to investigate. It's possible a police officer or officers tipped somebody off about moving the mystery person. He says. Kate asked Ted uh, if she could be taken off the case as she knew Jane Akers and she's also been riding her husband although she neglects to tell Ted that bit come on Kate that was shocking Georgia Trotman is drafted in to replace Kate and work with Steve Lindsay goes back to work in her neck brace and has a cry in the toilets clearly her colleagues think she's leaked information about moving the person in witness protection as they burst into the toilet call her a stupid bitch and flush her head down the toilet even her boss is standing there and she vomits after that, Brendan. Oh, so she, that you? toilet hadn't been flushed before her head got pushed into it. Just right, want to put that out there. Jeb and Curie's obsession with poo. <laughs> <laughs> it is and ours, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, our very first beep in line of duty. Aww. 13 seconds, I counted. Uh, Lindsay and her neck brace are interviewed at AC12 by Steve, Georgia and Ted. Ted tells her she's being interviewed as a witness, not a suspect. 
says she's happy to help. Explains that Jane Akers phoned up that night to say there was an immediate and credible threat to the life of a protected witness. Poor Steve tries to ask a question and then Denton's solicitor says, D.I. Denton is um, entitled to be questioned by an officer at least one rank her superior. Uh, Lindsay says, no, it's fine. I'm happy to help out. When Lindsay says that she told DCC Dryden about the witness, that she always follows regulations, Ted says, I can see you and I are going to get on like a house on fire. Lindsay lies and says that Akers chose the route that led them into the ambush, says the decision made sense as there were roadworks. Steve points out the roadworks were completed the night before. Ted says they believe criminal interests wanted to kill the witness to stop him from testifying. He suggests that Lindsay tipped them off about the location in return for money, honey. Um... They've looked into her finances and she is, quote unquote, in debt up to your eyeballs uh, and vulnerable to bribery, Ted says. They uh, all are, aren't they, though? Well, yes, as, as we as we find out. So Lindsay says that her mother's nursing home fees are uh, an absolute fortune. So she sold her mother's home to pay off some of the fees, but then had to sell her own house to pay the rest of them, downsized to a little flat that she hates and has a really big mortgage on it. And a terrible neighbour. Exactly. Um, Lindsay says she wish- wishes she wasn't on duty the night of the ambush and all she wants to do is keep her job as a police officer because it's the only thing she's good at. At a press conference, DCC Dryden refuses to confirm reports that a civilian was also injured in the ambush. Lindsay in her neck brace is watching at home with the nuisance neighbour playing thumping loud music the music, the walls. The, the music. music. It's just... It's like a remix of season one, episode three, when we had Gates as Blair and Junes. Now, Lindsay uh, appears to be so poor that she, I think, is eating mayonnaise off a spoon. No, guys, I'm really sorry, but the woman has a job. Like, where does she have her mother in the home? Like, she's not in Ibiza, like. like yeah, but it looks like she was eating guys, mayonnaise off a spoon. Nursing homes are so, so, but so But she sold two expensive. houses and she's eating mayonnaise off a spoon now, Rebecca. I know, but like, they, some of them are thousands a week. Uh, uh, that's all I'll say. I just that, mean, you got to look at it in episode four and it's not all I mean, that. No, have a true. few coconut noodles. Do you know uh, what I mean? Brendan, Please. it did look like mayonnaise on spoon. Yeah. I like to think it might have been maybe a mac and cheese from Tesco. There, there was no texture. Like, it was mm, mayonnaise. Yeah. And she may be That's using a, a spork. That's a comment on mac and cheese from Tesco. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Jesus. Need a bit of bite. Um, everyone goes to the funerals of the dead officers. Jane Aker's husband spends most of the service swung around in his pew, giving Kate come to bed eyes. It's highly inappropriate. His wife is barely cold. Uh, Kate clearly gets off on a little funeral flirtation because she phoned home to say she's got to work late, dashes straight over to the morning Richard, who very sensually relieves her of all of her clothes and rides her senseless. Um, senseless. <laughs> Did I miss the scene? Yeah. <laughs> That's literally funeral bed. That's how it happened. Uh, Kate is enjoying it so much she leaves scratch marks all over his back. A dead wife and now superficial sex injuries. The poor man. Afterwards, Richard tells Kate that on the night of the ambush, Jane called him to call Kate. She wanted Kate to call her back. Something to do with the case she was working on. Kate asks why she didn't phone her directly and wonders if Jane maybe thought her phone was tapped. Back at AC12, Kate listens back to the tape of the interview with Lindsay Denton and tells Steve that it's clear Lindsay uh, picked the route that night of the ambush and blamed it on the dead person. She was like, it's the easiest thing to do. Lindsay's boss demotes her to a missing persons unit. Uh, She's flicking through the files and whose case file pops up but only Jackie Laverty's. She hangs in it for a second and moves on. I loved that they did an ode to Jackie there. Yeah. Little Easter eggs. <laughs> um, all of her co-workers go off for lunch without her. She opens her lunchbox and decides to investigate the case of missing Carly Kirk. Steve and Georgia visit Lindsay Can Denson. I, yeah. Does she just randomly Yeah. Mm, appeared to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I okay. don't, yeah. Flicking through and she picked Carly Kirk. Okay. Uh, Steve and Georgia visit Lindsay at work unannounced asking for details about Jane Aker's mental health the night of the ambush. While they're chatting, Kate walks in 
and Lindsay Denton introduces Kate to Steve and Georgia as her new DC, Kate Foster. Steve was just like, what, what is happening here? He had no idea. At a fancy restaurant, Ted tells Steve that he had asked Kate to suss out Lindsay Denton, but never expected that she would get embedded so quickly. There was a vacancy there, a long-term vacancy that Kate just managed to get. And Steve says, a heads up would have been nice, boss. They sit down for dinner with Georgia and Ted's wife, Roisin. When Georgia tells Roisin she was moved from AC12 from armed robbery, Ted is looking at the menu in the restaurant and he's like, well, you'll be at home here then with these prices. <laughs> very good, very good. Back in Lindsay's small and overpriced flat, her elegant playing of the piano is interrupted by her nuisance neighbour playing thumping music through the walls again. Georgia goes to drink drive home. Bit of a, bit of a running uh, thing there, isn't it? Um, but then at the last minute ends up going to another bar with Steve after they've eaten in the restaurant with Ted and Roisin she goes and orders uh, drinks for them but she orders herself a sneaky double vodka and downs it on the sly Ted and Roisin drive home it's an extremely uncomfortable car journey they're not in a good place she's not happy that Ted picked up the bill for dinner either Steve and Georgia snog on the street it's implied they're right uh, Lindsay Denton calls over to her noisy neighbour's flat whacks her across the head with an empty wine bottle and repeatedly smacks her head off the ground <laughs> that was bonkers yeah it was bonkers yeah also that nuisance neighbour is, is the mother from Derry yes. Girls yes. and she was also in the fall yes, yes. Yeah. and she's all serious in the yeah. fall and the granddad from Derry Girls is also in the fall yes Love a little, yeah, love a little connection. Uh, back at Lindsay's work, Kate seems a little too eager to please her as her new assistant. Follows Lindsay, who says she needs to pop out. Sees her make a, a phone call from a phone box where she calls the main switchboard of the hospital that the witness is in. Um, in a critical condition. She then follows Lindsay Denton to her mother's nursing home. Kate tells Steve and Georgia to get to the hospital and check on the witness ASAP. They race there. They get into the room where the witness is uh, in bed in a critical condition. A nurse with her back to them is giving the witness an injection. But when the nurse turns around, it's actually a criminal man dressed as a nurse (laughs) and is apparently giving the witness a lethal dose of something to kill him off as that is what they had intended to do from the start. Heat ledger in the Joker. It's the Joker. Yeah, Kate and Georgia try to wrestle him off. The criminal man knocks Steve out, fucks Georgia out of a very high up window. And as Lindsay Denton looks at Kate with much suspicion, the credits roll on episode one. Even though we have seen that, we watched season two a couple of times, all of us, that scene with him throwing Georgia out the window is so shocking. shocking. A woman got thrown out a window, it's absolutely mental. So the way he, it's just horrific it's and he horrendous. threw her out because she saw his face because she ripped his, yeah. his mask and wig off and she, so she's the only one that's seen him so and he was she like, would well, have known go. straight away well maybe she wouldn't have but she saw his face she yeah. could have identified she could have yeah, yeah she might have yeah, yeah. Known him. episode 2 opens with Lindsay watching the news that both the witness and Georgia have been killed next we meet DCS Hargreaves remember the name who's interviewing Steve about what happened to the hospital Lindsay keeps watching Kate in the office but very dramatically opening her like slatted office blinds she just keeps like flicking that it's <laughs> really dramatic I love so much, so much sass in this season yeah. um, Lindsay's boss says a complaint has been made about her for beating the absolute shit out of her noisy neighbour Ted eats the head off Hargreaves the way in which he interrogated Steve about what happened at the hospital Steve promises George's mum that they'll find the people who killed her while Lindsay is sitting in her office looking at Ted and Steve's staff files Ted meets fed up Roisin in a bar to tell her that Georgia died he then tries to use her sympathy to get her back on side uh, she's having none of it um not one to let the belt of a wine bottle and a few thumbs to the head get the better of her. Lindsay's noisy neighbour is back at it, blaring music. When Lindsay Denton calls in, she bribes her to turn it down and Lindsay gives her a tenner. 
Lindsay and Kate visit a bar to ask questions as part of the investigation into the disappearance of Carly Kirk. Kate, again trying too hard to please Lindsay, offers to this, be an alibi. This is the shit that annoys me. Yeah. She was really shit at being undercover but here. But she's not a dope. Yeah. So this yeah. is what annoys me about Kate. It's like they made her thick yeah. for a while and I don't understand no. it because she was so great in season Especially one. Especially yeah. overdoing it with someone like Lindsay Denton who's just so, so super intelligent. Like, yes. she's going to smell that straight away. Why are you being so nice to she's, me? She was on the ball with eager. Tony Gates until she literally had to throw the fire extinguisher through yeah. the window. Yeah. yeah. And now all of a sudden she's the worst undercover officer it's of so, all time. so, bad. It doesn't yeah. make sense. So she offers to be an alibi for uh, Lindsay for the night that she bet the neighbour and uh, she, she says I'll say that I was there with you that night and Lindsay just says I'll pretend I didn't even hear that. Yeah because I've known you 10 minutes. It's just too obvious. Imagine if you just met someone they're like here listen I'll just say I was with you that night like don't let I'll your fella find out yeah. where you were. Imagine I'd be like who are you? I'd be like get no. away from me forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Steve visits the nurse who was looking after the witness in hospital. She explains how the guy who killed the witness in Georgia wooed her in the car park so basically he deliberately crashed into her car in the hospital car park so the nurse was coming into work doing her shift. The guy who killed the witness and Georgia like accidentally crashed into her so that they'd have to get out. And he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, you're so beautiful. I'll fix your car. Oh, I'll help you drop your kid off to school and stuff. So like got in that way. And then when he was kind of in with her, went, I know people that will kill your son if you don't give me access. <laughs> yeah. Yes. If you don't give me access to the hospital suite where the witness is being treated. So that's how he got in. Well, Shocking. that went over Mon head. Also, yeah. I was like, why is your one not being put into protective custody like the nurse? The nurse. Like, yeah. Because Steve just calls over to her house and I'm like, well, she I shouldn't mean, be there. He was protecting her all right, wasn't he? Yeah. Unleashed in this season. (laughs) Dryden and Hargreaves and Joe Dwyer, who I didn't notice until now, have a meeting to discuss an e-fish. Joe Dwyer? Well, I'll tell you who Joe Dwyer is. (laughs) That's like the other guy. Who was it? Bubbles? No. (laughs) Bubbles. Um... Buckles. Buckles. We forgot them Buckles. again. Yep. Um, so Dryden and Hargreaves have a meeting with Joe Dwyer. Um, is she the media manager? Yes. So yeah. she's like the press officer, I think. Yeah. She is. We'll get there. Um, so they have a meeting to discuss an e-fit of the suspected killer. They agree that Hargreaves will do all press conferences from now on. Well, actually, Dryden just tells Hargreaves he's going to do all the press conferences from now on. Ted makes a phone call and the woman on the other end of the phone doesn't hear his name. So, she, so he says, Hastings, like the battle. <laughs> Lindsay doorsteps Joe Dwyer, the press officer lady, as she tries to get into a taxi. Lindsay's accusing her of trying to avoid her and asks her for help publicising the case of missing Carly Kirk. Steve meets Nikki Rogerson at a vacant car garage. She apologises. Nikki works with Hargreaves. She apologises for Hargreaves' line of questioning earlier when he wanted to find out what happened when the witness and... Um, Is her name Sam? No, guys, I had her down as Christina, but I must have gone onto the wrong website. Her name's like I know what her name was because I don't remember. But I think it's I, Nikki Rogerson. Yeah, I put I, her. What, I, I put her down as. as I don't know why I wrote Christina. I googled um, just because I know her name, so my notes are wrong. So we're gonna have to correct me later. Is all I'm saying. Well, Brenda, well done for you doing your research properly. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. It's Nikki. Yeah. Is she played yeah. by a woman called Christine? Oh, I'm maybe sure. that's it. Yeah. Um, okay, so she apologizes um, for Hargreaves' line of questioning, and then Steve and Nikki watch CCTV footage from the hospital car park of the accidental crash. Kate calls over to Richard Akers for a shag. Their post-coital <laughs> chat involves him asking her if they're any closer to finding out who killed his wife. She's barely cold. Like, Does he give a damn? No. Denton watches Hargreaves host a press conference where he doesn't do a great job of answering questions. Uh, Kate calls over to her house unannounced. Far too keen. Yeah, like calm down, lay love. off. Right on cue, the noisy neighbor starts thumping her music, so Kate gets to hear why Lindsay took a wine bottle to her head. 
Uh, Lindsay is on to Kate here though. This is like where she absolutely knows. And she asks her, she's like standing right in front of her face and she's like, what's the worst thing you've ever done? And then Kate like makes up some like wishy-washy thing and Lindsay's like, no, you've done worse than that. And Lindsay's a very intelligent person. Yeah. Like she's really clever. Like so, I just... She has everyone wrapped around her little finger. And she says, we'll only work well together when you're completely honest with me. Uh, Kate leaves. The music doesn't stop. So Lindsay goes in to find the neighbour's door open, the chip pan on and the neighbour passed out on the sofa. She kind of thinks for a minute if she left the chip pan on, the whole place would go on fire and that would be the end of the problem. But then she turns the chip pan off. She does actually think she about does. it. She does. Oh, she absolutely thinks about leaving it. She's Remember like, a chip pan, I, I kind of looked at that chip pan though and I was like, I wouldn't mind. What I wouldn't house? mind no. when if they weren't, they're like bombs. So yeah, they're yeah. still weapons they for the are. house. Yeah. Um, so they she turns the chip stuff. on off and then she steals back the tenor that she gave her earlier as the bribe. I love that. Uh, Lindsay super casually gets her bosses to sign off on financial record requests. So she like hands them pages and like the front just has like, you know, like the Met Police logo or whatever. And she's like, oh, I just need a signature here on this financial request. And they, ju- they don't even look up from their desk and they both sign it. They are financial record requests for Ted and Steve. I love it. She's like, oh, they're just classified. Just sign them. Just sign that. <laughs> and they don't even look. Uh, Dryden and uh, Joe Dwyer have another meeting. Joe tells them that the press have a story about his wife getting a speeding fine and pinning it on him. Uh, Joe leaves the room and then Ted arrives into the room. He asks for access all areas to files from the night of the ambush. Dryden agrees to give him access to the identity of the witness. Ooh. He says, whatever it takes to nail those bastards. Eager Kate brings Lindsay a cup of coffee. Lindsay tries to catch her out by saying, oh, so you must have known like such and such from uh, being in East Mids. And then Kate just goes, no, there's no one there by that name. Like by the skin of her teeth. Yeah. Yeah. And then Lindsay's like, oh, I must be thinking of someone else. Um, Lindsay then texts Kate. She leaves the office and she texts Kate to say that she's got a lead on missing Cardi Kirk and to meet her at the abandoned car garage where we saw Steve and Nikki earlier. Kate tells Steve that, that this has happened and Steve's like, I'm going to arrange for backup. Like, don't go alone. And Kate's like, don't blow my cover. Oblivious to the fact Please. that she'd done that like seven hours ago. She did that herself when she was <laughs> yeah. being overly friendly. Yeah. Uh, so Kate arrives at that garage and Lindsay just like, oh yeah, just come around the back here. And then like just punches her in the stomach like really 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 badly it's really bad um, says like like holds her up against the wall she's like I hate liars and I know that you're in AC12 um, Dryden tells Joe the press officer that it's just not working and he's going to draft in a new person oh is that not bomb chicka wah wah yeah well that's oh, that's what yeah. she is yes, yes. yes. Yeah, so yeah. She replaces Joe. That's who... So Joe was out and Jill and, was in. And Jill was in. Yeah. But we just never see Jill in this season. Yeah, I think... Yeah. I but think it must be, we just don't. I think that's her that's role, though, role. yeah. That yeah. is her role. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> My touch. Uh, Ted tells Kate that everyone makes mistakes and Kate says AC12 underestimated Lindsay Denton. Well, there's uh, a statement. Uh, she'll be wishing she never messed with you by the time we're through with her, Ted tells Kate. Steve calls to the nurse's flat again. They have a beer and a chat about George's murder before jumping into bed together. Um, Lindsay does some very dramatic piano playing here. Like, it's like Phantom of the Opera in her flat. <laughs> it is angel like, of music. She's like slamming the keys. And there's like a moody the montage of everyone just like looking out of like different windows. <laughs> Sorry, her cat, Lindsay Denton's cat is like 
a cat from a food ad. Yeah. Like, the cat Bella. is stunning. Um, Ted, Kate and Steve interview Lindsay Denton in AC12. Lindsay denies assaulting Kate and her neighbour. Uh, they then go back over the ambush night and Kate calls Lindsay out for uh, the roadworks. She says, I've, I've been in your car with you. I've seen the sat-nav you have and the sat-nav gives like live traffic and roadwork updates. So it would have told you that those roadworks had finished the night before like Steve had said. And Lindsay said, I just didn't even look at the sat-nav. I just took the turn because I knew that the roadworks had been there so I just assumed they were still there. Both um, believable. Which yeah. Is, but that's fair enough. It kind of is fair yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they also tell Lindsay that she was observed making the call from the phone box. She says she admits that she did phone the hospital main hospital switchboard but she says that she had heard that the witness was going to make a recovery so she was phoning up to to see if he, if he was going to pull through because like, he was the only person that could help her help in her, her situation. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and then she basically argues, she's like, you know as well as I do that, yeah, you can te- you can say that I made a phone call from the phone box to the main hospital switchboard, but you don't know where within the hospital then that phone call went. She's like, I didn't, I wasn't the one that phoned up to that particular suite asking for the nurse. It wasn't me. Um, Ted then uh, starts to like arrest Denton and give her a caution. And he, you know, he says... Um, you know, anything you do say may be used in evidence, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he, she says, on what grounds are you arresting me? And he's like, you're the sole survivor of an ambush that you had the means to set up. You made a phone call to the hospital where two people were um, shortly uh, after murdered. And as he says, you know, you do not have to say anything. Lindsay goes, well, actually, I would like to say something. Keep the tape running. <gasps> Superintendent Hastings, I have in my possession financial records pertaining to you. And then Ted tries to stop the tape at this point. Uh, but obviously, Lindsay's like solicitor is like, absolutely not. I don't think he is a solicitor. He's like a... I don't know. He's, I don't think he's a solicitor. I think they're just there is because she has to be... have to have someone yeah, there legally. Yeah. Um, the records that Lindsay has show that Ted is in considerable financial difficulties. She then produces photos of Steve having sexual relations with the nurse. <laughs> Lindsay Denton says she had no motive, opportunity or means to arrange the ambush. She then produces Kate's phone, which she came into possession of while she was beating the shit out of her. Um, She says her call history makes for very interesting reading. She says significant people at significant times. And then she just slides the phone across the table and doesn't say any more. Kate is sweating. It's the takedown of the century. It's so good. Ted stops the tape and declares the show is over. And it was a show. It was a show. Um, back out in the office then of AC12, couriers deliver all the files relating to the protected witness uh, to the AC12 offices. Everyone, so as they open them, everyone gasps as to what's in it. Of course, I was oblivious. I was like, oh, can't wait to find out what happens there. <laughs> Ted tells everyone to phone home phone your wives girlfriends boyfriends and husbands say you'll be working late tonight Lindsay's in a lift with Steve going down to her holding cell and asks Steve what was in the files he says he can't discuss it as Lindsay Denton gets led to the cell she tells Steve I'm innocent you know I am and the credits roll oh Brandon brilliant fabulous recaps Brandon so much detail in this season well I'm dying to hear obviously what happens next (laughs) You printed out mine. Did you have a heart attack when I wrote episode I, I, two? So I printed yours and I was like, oh, please don't tell me we've both recapped episode two. I wrote episode two instead of three and it's like crossed I out. crossed it out. I was like, that's three. <laughs> please. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? 
They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, okay. The episode begins as Lindsay is led from a jail cell to a courthouse. She has been charged with conspiracy to murder following the ambush. Simultaneously, Hargreaves and Dryden give a press conference on her arrest. Afterwards, new media manager Joe, who's obviously still in the role while they're hunting for her replacement, (laughs) tells Dryden his false speeding ticket has been removed from his record. Meanwhile, Lindsay is refused bail and worries what will happen to her cat, Bella. Like... She has a very sad life. I will happily yeah. mind that cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I literally am like, where is that cat? I need to ring up someone on the production team to be like, come here, how that can I adopt a star. it? Star. She's brought to prison where she requests a keyboard from two very cold prison officers, but is denied. Doc Cotton gives a briefing at AC12. Steve and Kate are disgusted that he's there, but Ted explains he's a born anti-corruption officer who worked with AC9 after Tony Gates died and his team was like disbanded and that they needed extra help with their new case. Lindsay vomits up after her breakfast because someone put shit in her food. Now guys, I'm not making it up. <laughs> I know. It's no, non-stop. Know. It's, it's non-stop for the feces. <laughs> non-stop. <laughs> During Dot's briefing, he informs... <laughs> it's so weird. Every episode. During Dot's briefing, he informs AC12 that the murder we see in season one at the Moss Heath house is now being looked into as a terrorist incident. He shows a photo of John Thomas Hunter, or Tommy as we know him. He cooperated in the investigation into the Greek Lane killing. So the Greek Lane killing, Moss Heath house, it's all the same thing. In return for three words... Immunity. Forward. Okay. <laughs> Bye. And was the target of the ambush. <laughs> Sorry, I just it's dun, 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 dun. Dun. that was it is dramatic though because the whole time you're like who you know what is going on there like what is happening? some more than others. <laughs> no one was arrested for that terrorist attack. Therefore, Tommy risked prison because basically the information he gave up was kind of void, so he risked going to prison. However, he planned to rat out some other criminals to save himself. He was like, wait, 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 give me the immunity. I'll give you some other names. Dot then claims that his criminal associates found out that he was going to rat on them and silenced him. So Dot's kind of in AC12, spinning loads of stories, putting loads of ideas in people's heads. Oh, when he does it for the... Like, he doesn't stop. Yeah, and it's all quite believable, but Isn't it's, it? again, non-stop. He also claims that Jane Akers was close enough to Tommy 
that she would also know these names that he was going to give up. Hence, she was killed. Kate isn't buying it. Steve asks for a connection between Tommy and Denton and Ted says that is what the team are going to work towards next. So that's the plan. Kate interviews Lindsay in prison. She asks if Lindsay Denton knows who the protective witness was. Denton says no. Kate shows her a photo of Tommy and she doesn't recognise him. Neither did Brendan. When Lindsay says no, Kate gets annoyed. Kate then asks her why she didn't reveal to AC12 in that last interview that on the night of the ambush, Kate received a call from Acre's husband. Lindsay says she didn't need to. Kate asks Lindsay how she figured out she was undercover. I mean, (laughs) come on. Come on. The 75 cups of tea. Please. Lindsay said... Lindsay said she won't give her tips on how to do her job and insists she's innocent. (laughs) She calls Kate a good liar and her ticket out of prison. I mean, there's a lie. And there is, yeah, a lie. You're a good liar. So basically the whole reason she wouldn't give up the kind of details on Kate is to have one more hold over AC12, one more card to play. Kate and Steve visit the warehouse that Lindsay was spotted at where she punched Kate. Steve isn't convinced that they'll find anything, but Kate reminds him this is the exact place used by Tommy's killer, meaning that there is a direct connection between Lindsay and Tommy. Using a lipstick, Kate realises the floor is slanting. Steve then orders an officer to get consent from the landlord for a search. So they're kind of standing on the floor and Kate's like, oh, it feels uneven. So she takes a lipstick out of her bag and, and it, it rolls. rolls and she's like hang on a second this has so, been covered like exactly or there's a lump here or whatever yeah. so that they couldn't visibly see so then Steve um, asks an officer to get a search warrant so they can dig yeah. it up basically. so Kate's terrible undercover this season but she is really she is the driving force to a lot of the discoveries I have to say 100% so she's on the ball with her being a detective but like undercover it was pretty bad undercover yeah. appalling really good detective yeah. skills and she's kind of like where Ted and Steve give in to certain people, she's not having any no. of it. So we needed her. Mm-hmm. Back in AC12, Dot tells Kate and Steve they need to find a prior contact between Lindsay and Akers, like a contact before the mm-hmm. night of the ambush. As far as they can tell, at that point, they were complete strangers. Dot gets annoyed at the pair for disrespecting him and he then demands that they call him Sir. Kate calls him a twat and Steve calls him a wanker. <laughs> they then agree to interview Aker's husband but Kate asks to set it up for the next day because her Tesco shuts at eight. Stop, did she? <laughs> <laughs> but obviously she's like I need to give him the heads up. Literally I'm riding him like Yeah but she's like my Tesco shuts at eight. can we do it tomorrow? And Steve's like yeah no but problem. But that's a convincing mate. lie. It is in fairness. She then visits Aker's husband to give him the heads up. He tells her that the last thing he wants to do is embarrass her. What? Give him the heads up. I mean yeah. There's some dramatic hand-holding on the door and she stays. Ted looks forlorn in a dodgy hotel room. His finger hovers it over It won't the be the last time. <laughs> Please. His finger hovers over the number for Roisin in his phone, but he decides not to call her. It's all very sad, isn't it? Everybody's personal lives are really in the gutter. Yeah, it gets heavy. Yeah. Ted visits Dryden in his office, um, who offers him a bourbon cream, tells him he's coming a good day, we have bourbon cream. <laughs> <laughs> Dryden is angry with Ted for not giving him the heads up on Denton's arrest Ted apologises but then tells him to prepare for the audio from Lindsay's interview which is coming over to him because she makes accusations against AC12 officers intending to discredit them Steve said to have had a liaison with a witness surprisingly Dryden says it happens <laughs> Ted then tells Dryden that Lindsay claims he has high levels of undisclosed financial losses she's unlawfully attained the records but Ted confirms it's true um, basically he lost his money when a retired colleague invited him to invest in a bad deal in the Republic of Ireland mm. Dryden is very understanding but will have to consider how it affects Ted's position 
position and Ted can't believe he got away with it. He fully thought he was walking in there to get suspended or have an investigation and he's like, okay. Aker's husband gives evidence to Stephen Kate. He says his wife appeared to act normal the day of the ambush and never disclosed who the witness was. Steve asks him about a call Akers made to him that evening. He says it was a quick call to tell him she was working late. Kate wraps up the interview really quickly then because she knows that's not the case. Later, Dot pulls Steve for a chat in AC12. He asks Steve if he's picked up on anything from Akers' husband. He stresses how dodgy it is that there's no connection between Lindsay and Akers before that night. He plants a seed with Steve that Akers was getting paid for information. He then puts in a request for financial forensics on her bank account. He um, clicks at a woman across the office to make him a cup of tea. Stop. Clicks that is, is so the power rude. has gone to Dot's head. Oh, he's like, it? you can call me sir, I'll click at you in the face. And Kate- Someone clicked at me in work before and I turned around and I said, if you ever click at me again. And that's all I said, I didn't finish the sentence. Well, I'm and they never clicked at me again. You have to tell us another time. <laughs> Kate watches on disgusted. Steve um, tells her the conversation was nothing when he comes back over and calls Dot a twat. Ted calls Steve into his office to give out him for sleeping with the nurse witness. Ted is roaring and the whole office can hear like it's so good. They keep cutting from inside the office to outside. People are like just turning around. Like extras are just turning around. It's so good. Steve is adamant that he did nothing wrong. He tells Ted that he's a single bloke with a normal private life. Um... Ted finishes by telling Steve he's disappointed in him. <laughs> and a high sex drive in season two. <laughs> the man has got more ass than a toilet seat this season. <laughs> like, I honestly am like, he is cleaning up. Ted finishes by telling Steve he's disappointed in him. Steve walks out of the office, Dot follows, and they go for a cheeky Indian. Now, Dot's playing a game here. They bond over a couple of birds in the restaurant. It's all lad talk. Dot tells Steve that the meal's on him. They send around a drink to some lovely ladies that they're going to hook up with. Steve tells Dot that it's weird that they work together now after everything that happened. The fact that he bullied him for the howl of season one. Yeah. And Dot just laughs it off because they're best mates now. In the Dryden Tommy warehouse, a body is discovered under the floor. Hargreaves and his major violent crimes unit have taken over the investigation and are refusing to give AC12 any info. However, a female officer called Sam tells Steve to call her later for initial forensics. In a car, Dryden takes two phone calls. On the first one, he says he won't be going public about the body until they have more info. On the second one, he tells media manager Joe informs him that the Herald are running with his speeding ticket story. The bloody Herald. His downfall has begun. Meanwhile, Kate interviews Lindsay about the body. She insists so she's interviewing her in prison she insists her presence in the warehouse was a complete coincidence to that body being there Kate isn't buying it oh the body has been identified as a 15 year old girl Lindsay asks if it's Carly Kirk but Kate says her face and fingerprint were burnt off with a blowtorch and all her teeth were removed so they can't identify her the cause of death was strangulation. Lindsay is convinced the body is Carly's. Kate presses her on why she's obsessed with her disappearance. Because as far as we know, she just randomly picked the file. Lindsay says she thought her team would find her and that she'd have some good news for once. Kate starts to feel sorry for Denton and says she'll try and get her the keyboard that she wants. Lindsay cracks and finally admits about lying, about calling the nurse who was looking after the witness. So she's finally admitted to that weird phone call she made. She says she only done it because Tommy must have known who was in on it, in on framing her and maybe could help get her off, as you said, Brendan. Kate tells her that she must amend her statements and go on record. Lindsay says she's happy to, as soon as Kate does the same about the phone calls mm-hmm. from Aker's husband. 
Dryden denies his speeding allegation in a heated press conference. Kate and Steve meet in a pub. Kate tells them that on the night of the ambush, Rich Acres called her. She also admits the affair and Steve's really upset he tells her not to tell anyone. But Lindsay already knows and she's going to use it as leverage. Steve insists that Kate needs to lie. Dryden meets a journalist in a dark car park. In exchange for making his speeding ticket story go away, he offers him juicy info. Dryden tells the man that the person charged in connection with the ambush is D.I. Lindsay Denton, gives all her details, her address, her age, everything about her. It's absolutely awful. And says she's been charged with conspiracy to murder. Later in AC12, Ted says when he finds the leak, he'll bury the bastard. Meanwhile in prison, in the prison gym, Lindsay is attacked by her fellow inmates. Two prison officers. Awful. It's awful. They try and crush her fingers in um, a load of weights. I'll never look at that again properly. One hundred percent. Whenever it's so I don't scary. go. Yeah, it's whenever terrible. I don't go. I was like, oh god, like the pain of that. Two prison officers rescue her and pretend to be on her side, but instead burn her hands with boiling water from a kettle because she talked to AC Twelve. She's just having the worst time ever. Ted meets Dryden in his office. Although as an anti-corruption officer, his deaths make him vulnerable to bribery. Dryden lets him off because he's such a good guy and he was honest about the situation. Outside the office, Ted meets Hargreaves, who gives him stick for charging officers when their backs are turned. He says, must be great up there on your pedestal, all holier than thou, and the further to fall mind when the truth comes out. Hargreaves and Ted are really going at it this season. Every time they're together, they are just, I mean, I don't know what you'd call it. Is it hostile? It's worse than that. I just think that scene is very mm. interesting. The men exchange a look later. Ted and Steve make friends in a pub. Kate interviews Denton in prison for the third time in this episode. Her hands are both bandaged and in slings. Kate says her call history can't be taken in evidence because she's an undercover officer. However... She tells Lindsay that she's been granted bail and attempts to take her amended statement. Lindsay is having none of it, but then she gets desperate. She tells Kate that she had a five-year affair with Mike Dryden and it must have been him who threw her under the bus. Kate calls her a woman scorned. However, back in AC12... So if they had a five-year affair, why did he call her Linda? That's what I thought was so rude. Okay, well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you in a while, yeah. Okay. However, back in AC12, Kate searches for a link between Dryden and Denton, although she's kind of playing onto her that she's not believing it. She's like, I'm going to look into this. Okay. Dryden invited an officer who was due to be working on the night of the ambush to an event he was attending. Therefore, Denton was called into work. And that's the connection that she's found. Okay. He placed her in that situation on the night of the ambush, as far as Kate can tell. Kate begins to believe Lindsay is innocent. Dot tells Steve that he's discovered Jane Akers was paid 50 grand right before the ambush. Kate? (laughs) I'm about to get paid 50 grand. They're like, oh, that's not suspicious at At all. all. Kate then informs the pair about Dryden. Dot tells them one wrong move and they're all directing traffic because Dryden is way, 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 way up above them. I spat out my tea at that. At that? Yeah. Yeah. Dot is so funny in this season. He is. He is a, he is so a funny fucker. He's a he funny fucker. as bent as anything, <laughs> as isn't he? As they come. Kate looks suspiciously over a balcony at AC12. Steve arrives at the prison to interview Lindsay. I mean, the woman's been interviewed day and night. No, and this does like, there is more interview scenes. There's so many interview scenes <laughs> I couldn't Christ. keep up. And there's so much dialogue, which is amazing when you're watching it. But like, when you're trying to do a, a forensic exam of the episode, <laughs> yeah. it's very difficult. The woman hasn't been in herself for five minutes. So Steve arrives at the prison to interview also, Lindsay. Her Denton. hands recover fairly rapidly from those injuries. They do when she's climbing around in the next episode. <laughs> And the episode finishes with Steve telling Lindsay, I believe you. On to episode four. 
Sam wakes up in Steve's apartment wearing his shirt. Something that no one has ever done in real life, I don't think. It just seems to be this trope that's in shows. Yeah. Now, this is your one that we don't... This is the, your one that is... Look, she don't, they, I think her and Sam are kind of similar, but they're not. The, Sam's different to her, isn't it? No, this is Sam. What? No, is this not your one who... No, Nikki from the garage. Nikki? No. No, this is Sam who works on Hargreaves Major Violent Crimes Unit. No. Is there a Sam and a Nikki? No. You carry Nikki on there is, now. Nikki is... Is that this season? I thought her name was Christina, but Sam's not in this in it yet. I don't think. Am I? Will you no, look it up Nikki, there? For me? Yeah, this they both is... work for Hargreaves. They both are dark hair. I feel like you. Just, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I. I originally was like I don't know her name. I was like, is that Sam? Just originally. Oh, for God's sake! I don't. I need to keep. Yeah, no. This Nikki. one is is Nikki Jolly because uh, Hargreaves calls nicknames are Rogers because Jolly Rogers. God, how did I get that wrong? Okay, so Nikki wakes up in Steve's apartment wearing his shirt. Tab meets Roisin in a pub. He tells her he had to tell Dryden about their financial situation. He also implies he's likely to get a promotion and gives Roisin an elegant broad cruises brochure. She says there's no harm in having a look. That is Nikki who Steve is in bed with, yeah. God, okay, my apologies. In AC12, the team talk about Acres. Dot points the finger at Jane again and says she had been paid off. They agree to formally interview her husband, Rich. Steve tells Ted about Dryden replacing the officer who was meant to be working on the night of the ambush with Lindsay Denton. Ted is worried about interviewing him as Dryden has kept his financial issues a secret. However, he agrees to bring Dryden into AC12. An awkwardly long beep and the interview begins. Chief Constable Lightwater is sitting in as none of the AC12 are a rank above Dryden. So he's kind of sitting in just to, as a formality. I don't know him very well. Do we know him very well? I've never seen him in another scene. But right. just knowing the way Jed goes on, I just thought I'd include we his put name. put asterisk there. Maybe he'll make a reappearance Just in case stage. he comes back. So he's Chief Constable Lightwater and he's obviously way above everyone else if he can sit in with Dryden. Dryden denies he took um, on his wife's speeding offence once again. So that's what's being claimed. There was a speeding offence attached to his wife's car. Dryden yeah. is saying, I was driving that night. Yeah. But AC12 are like, why would you say that? It's not as if like she had 11 penalty points or it's just why. Dodgy. It's dodgy. He claims he was driving to an off license but changed his mind and never went in. So there's no CCTV of him. Mm-hmm. There's no proof. He gives Steve a load of smirky answers and Doc can't tell but smirk. Kate questions Dryden about the road of change that saw Denton work on her night off but she gets nowhere. She asks him whether he knew Denton before the night of the ambush, but Ted cuts her off and Dryden leaves before he's forced to answer. Ted later apologised to Dryden for his Dryden for his young team's behaviour. Dryden leaves and looks worried in a lift. Shitting himself. Shitting himself. Steve, Kate and Dot talk to Ted about the interview in his office. Ted dismisses most of their claims against Dryden. He's, very, he's kind of forced to protect him. Because Dryden is protecting him. It's a bit dodge. However, he does agree to allow Steve to investigate the alleged affair a little further. He tells him to be careful and remember that he's dealing with someone's marriage. The team leaves and Ted is visibly upset. Kate suggests to Steve that Dryden might have been trying to create an alibi on the night of the driving offence. She then gets a call to say major violent crimes have arrested Rich Akers, her lover. During the interview, Hargreaves shows Rich... Photographs of a bag with £20,000 worth of notes found in his home. He denies knowing about the money, but he's charged um, for having funds in his possession received by his wife in a conspiracy to murder a protected witness. 
case. It's actually so confusing, isn't it? Like, how did so one confused. person write this? No, I can't figure it out. And I'm like, there's so many little twisted plot yeah. lines and all this stuff going on. And it, you are just like, what happened that night? And for the whole season, like, we don't actually find out until the very, very, very end. end. Whereas with Gates, we knew he was involved with Jackie the whole time. It's a very, very different. This season is very yeah, different to the first. There's so many layers. Um, and I also think it's funny that your man's name is Rich and he gets sent down off a load of money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just like that. Um, okay. Doc calls Steve a twat for having the evidence and not acting on it. So basically when they joined the f- um, financial exam yeah. into Jane Acres. Uh, accounts they found the 50 grand but they didn't arrest her and then major violent crimes or didn't arrest Rich mm. then major violent crimes got in and done it and Doss like fuck's sake we should have had they're that they're all against each other I like they're all you against see each that other. kind of competitive politics within yeah they won't you know? give each other like access to like yeah. either scenes or files or whatever they need to I do presume their job. it's all quotas and stuff like that that they're trying to hit is it so they want the arrest they want the big they're case they're looking for the promotion aren't well they? yeah they, they want the, the glory and then also they're trying to hide stuff from each other as well very good point yeah. so Dot's fuming with uh, Uh, Steve for that in that slide. Steve and Kate then interview Rich Acres off tape. Didn't know you could do that. Kate calls him a bastard and he reveals that Jane kept records of her last case. A protective witness who got killed. She saved the records on a flash drive if she ever needed leverage. Um, After she died, Rich put them in a bag and posted them to a P.O. box. He breaks down and Kate thanks him. He reaches for her hands, but she pulls them away. We briefly see Kate and her husband fight when she's back at home and her son listens from the stairs. And you kind of forget that she has a son. He's so cute. He's so cute and a husband and she's just, yeah, not arranged a lot. A personal well-being officer called Fiona informs Lindsay Denton her mother has had a severe stroke. She asks to see her, but because she was involved in a disturbance disturbance and has self-harmed, which they're claiming were her hands, even though it was done to her, it's up to the governor to decide if she can get out to see her mum. Back at AC12, Steve has located Jane Acres flash drives. The team discussed the contents and Ted lurks in the background. He then gives Steve a bollocking for missing out on the Rich Acres connection. Later, uh, it's not Sam, it's Nikki, turns up at Steve's house to apologise. Basically, she took intel from Steve, brought it to Hargreaves, and his team got to Rich before AC12. So it's kind of all her fault. But they are using each other a bit, aren't they? Yeah. 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 And Mm. she was like, of course I was going to take the information. I'm a police officer. Like, deal with it. Um, They agree to cut contact until after the case is finished. She writes down her non-work number for when it's all over. But when Steve checks the note, it actually reads Acres Vehicle. Loved that. Yeah. Real good clue. Yeah. Cut to the next scene. Steve and Kate arrive at Acres Carts in an evidence warehouse. Just before being interrupted by an angry Hargreaves, they find a tracking device. An important piece of information that Hargreaves never disclosed. Lindsay Denton is brought brought into AC12 for an interview. Again. Again. (laughs) She tells Kate, Steve and Ted that she had an affair with Dryden and that it ended when he wouldn't leave his wife. Ted isn't buying it. He asks for evidence. She gives some details of a hotel they used to visit. Ted says he doesn't care if Lindsay and the DCC were swinging off the chandeliers. (laughs) It still doesn't connect Dryden to the ambush. Ted says it's her word against Dryden's and he is just, Dryden is king to him at the minute because he's helping him like hide his debt. Lindsay insists they have no credible case against her. She asks for a good word to the governor to get her a visit with her mum. On Acres Flash Drive, Doff finds a video of Tommy Brendan. He is furious that his immunity hasn't been sorted. He speaks about a caddy and a two-faced bastard and says it will all come out if his situation isn't figured out. Dot tells the team that the two-faced bastard is clearly Dryden. 
when Ted brings up the other officer, the caddy, that says, I'll look into it. Any info you get on him, send it over to me. Uh, Kate now believes that Lindsay was set up soon after she finds numerous calls to and from Dryden on Denson's phone records. Steve's been on to the hotel manager who confirmed they regularly visited a certain room. Ted says the man's an adulterer. Some people you wonder if they've no shame. Steve connects Dryden to the ambush and Ted says to take it one step at a time. Kate has a little cry in the hall because she's an adulterer as well and I think she took what Ted says very seriously. <laughs> just reminds me of Kim Woodburn and Celebrity yeah. Big Brother. Adulterer! <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay is permitted to visit her mother and nurse helps her conceal her injured handcuffed hands. In an attempt to work out why Dryden would have taken on his wife's speeding offence as an alibi, Kate searches for crimes committed on that date. This is so good because this is the first moment of clarity where it all starts yeah. to connect. Um, lo and behold, it is the date that Carly Kirk disappeared. Kate rings another department to find out if the body in the warehouse is Carly. She gets an answer that we don't get to hear. Lindsay eyes an open door at the old folks' home as her supervising officer snoozes, but she decides to stay with her mum. Kate visits Carly Kirk's parents. The next 15 minutes are just deadly. So she visits Carly Kirk's parents. She informs them that the DNA samples taken from Carly's room, toiletries, bedclothes and laundry have gone missing. So that's what Kate heard on the phone. The parents tell her that a man claiming to be a detective took them away in black bags. And Kate's kind of like, was was he there on his own? Like, that's not procedure. Like, you would always have a forensic person with them. And they were like, no, he was on his own. So Kate's like, shit, do you think you'd recognise him? And they're like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, okay, we're going to the um, AC12 offices right now. Lindsay's forced to leave her mum and they head back to the prison in a heartbreaking scene. Using a very old computer system, Kate asks the Kirks to give details on the man who took Kylie's stuff. They tell her that he was a male, aged 25 to 35, of Asian ethnicity. Elsewhere, Steve and Dot watch CCTV of an event at City Hall, attended by Dryden on the 16th of August. It's the night Carly Kirk went missing. It's also the night of the speeding ticket. It's all coming together. Lindsay is brought back to prison in a van. She asks to return to the home to speak to her mother again and then suddenly the vehicle is involved in a crash and the van topples over. Lindsay manages to escape from the cage she's in and makes it out the back door just in time to see a car pull up and two helmeted people exit. This is riveting, this it's scene. It's so terrifying, this it, whole scene. You're, it's because it's just so like, shocking. It's another bloody ambush. Like, you're like, what? Yeah. You're like, I thought she was a goner here. 100%. And they've done so many. There's about five points where that episode could have ended already because you're finding out this info and they could yeah. have just ended it and it keeps going. So she takes the keys from the officer who is driving. He's kind of passed out. She removes her handcuffs. Next, a black Range Rover driven by two people wearing helmets reverses at top speed in her direction. She runs up the road and attempts to flag down a car but the car won't stop to help her how different things would have been if that car had only stopped two men claiming to be police officers find Lindsay then hiding in the woods because she's kind of come off the road a little bit meanwhile back at AC12 the Kirks click through a number of photographs of people matching the description they've just given the scenes keep flashing back and forward at the exact moment that the Kirks identify the man that took their daughter's stuff claiming it to be putting it into evidence as Manish Prasad the scene cuts to the man helping Denton, claiming to be a police officer. And who do you think it is? It's Manish Prasad. Kate looks through Prasad's records and sees that he works in the same station as another officer who is currently being sought by police. It's the e that you talked about in the last episode. 
His name is Jeremy Cole. Back with Lindsay, the second man appears out of the back of Manish Prasad's shoulder. It's Jeremy Cole. So we're like, shit, she's with really bad, bent people who are probably going to kill her. Kay interrupts Steve and Dot to tell them she's worked out who Carly's older boyfriend was. It was Manish. Dot stops the CCTV tape that they're watching from the night of the 16th. Just at the moment that Manish and Dryden kind of do a cheers and have a drink. So we're just watching it all come together. In the forest, Manish and Jeremy lead Denton back to custody. They say they're going to bring her in, that she'll be fine. She believes they're doing a legit police procedure. Back in AC12, Kate spots Carly Kirk working as a waitress at the Manish Dryden City Hall event and they freeze. Lindsay notices the officers are using a new vehicle. They're not using the Range Rover. She's like, where's your other car? They tell her that they've had to commandeer this one. And next thing we know, she's bundled into the boot. They drive in the opposite direction of all of the oncoming police cars and a call goes out in the radio for a Lindsay Denton who has escaped from custody. Season four ends. The last 10 minutes of that episode are so dramatic. So much happens. And we needed it after a lot of interrogation. We needed that, I, I really think so. And it was great and it was so terrifying, especially when you see that moment of the parents identifying Manish and then Manish being like, yeah. hi, His head kind of comes you. over the hill. He's like, we're going to help yeah, you. Yeah, they kind of put the camera up like this yeah. and you're like, oh my God, it's him. And then Kate realises that Manish works with Jeremy. She looks up at the e-fit and then the camera goes up to your man and again his and his head him. comes up, yeah. And you're like, she's fucked. Oh my god! So and then it's, it ends. it's getting juicy now. So we know that like Manish, Dryden, and Carly Kirk are all connected. They were so. all in the same place on the night she went missing, the night that he needed an alibi, and then yeah, the night of his speeding ticket. Mm. Mm. Lol. Okay. Uh, episode five opens with Manish Prasad and Jeremy Cole speeding into a car park. They pull out Di Denton out of the trunk and they begin to interrogate her about what she told AC12 in custody. Uh, after they pin her down, they cover her head in a towel and they pour what I assume is petrol. It could be water. I don't know. I I think we're petrol. waterboarding her. Yeah. 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 I just don't know why I thought it was petrol. Anyway, um, she reveals that she told uh, them that Dryden set up the whole thing and suddenly Prasad then strikes Cole over the head and he explains to, to Denton, oh, he's recognisable now because of the sketch that came out. Why was that, Aoife? Why did that come out? I couldn't remember that. I think um, someone in the hospital must have... I actually don't know how to, or was he seen somewhere? Or someone must have given that sketch okay. to someone. Yeah, I'm not actually sure because Yeah, the Georgia... first we saw of it was when Joe and Dryden were t- discussing it and Hargreaves. I don't know where it came so from we, though. So maybe we're not meant to know where it came from. Don't know. So okay. he basically is recognisable. So uh, Prasad gets rid of Cole. So we don't really know if he's dead or not yet, but he is dead. Um, Prasad <laughs> throws, uh, he throws Denton back in the car and then he makes this really fake and convincing call to the police about finding Denton. And he's like, Cole's been attacked. Denton's here you know all this shit um, but like the badass bitch that she is Denton has escaped she rams the car into Prasad pins him up against the car park wall oh, yeah. he begs for an ambulance but first she is like here hun, you are recording a dying declaration um, and you're confirming that Dryden set all this shit up she's always two steps ahead of everyone else she's so intelligent so so intelligent um, and basically he is like Oh, like he he's saying to her at the same time oh like we were brought into this because they have dirt on us so we still don't know who the they are but that's what got Dryden and him involved in the whole situation um, okay Denton then calls Steve and Kate and she's like hi um, I'm in this car park um, and she emails them Prasad's dying declaration she loves sending a thing over an email, email doesn't she um, she then goes to finish the job that she started and she begins to smother Prasad that was a bit now did anyone else think that was a bit shocking I did 
it's just the, the amount of bad stuff that's happened to Lindsay up until this point. If yeah. you actually put it on a page, she's a woman demented. Oh, clearly. true. But she's like, I'm killing him because this dying declaration needs to happen. Sorry, of course. Yeah. The declaration doesn't matter unless he's dead. Yeah. So she's like, right. bye, bitch. Ah, yeah, okay. Makes okay. sense. AC12 arrive at the car park. Cole is confirmed dead. Spoiler alert. Uh, but we do find out that Prasad is actually still alive. So Denton didn't finish the job. Uh, Lindsay has escaped on foot. So Steve is like, I think I know where she's gone. Uh, Steve then arrives at the nursing home that her mum is in and finds Denton sitting in her mum's en- empty room. So her mum's passed. Um, it's just too, actually too so sad. It's so sad. And he's like, I'm really sorry for your loss. Lindsay says that they've already stripped the room of all her mum's personal belongings. Okay keep note of that that's very interesting oh. um, okay so Prashad in the black bags again yes heading back in the car Denton asks Steve about how they're going to build a case against Dryden uh, who is a deputy chief constable she questions where it's all coming from and she believes it's Hastings every rank above DI is more politician than policeman I thought that was a really nice line of juicy um, at the mm. station Steve arrives with Lindsay and Ted is fuming that, that Lindsay hasn't been arrested because she did flee police custody yeah um, and he's also like you guys need to be stripped of your clothes and that needs to be put into evidence like Steve what are you playing at in the office Ted then listens to Prasad's dying declaration and it reveals that uh, he carried out the ambush with Jeremy Cole under the orders of Dryden and Ted is like responds with his now iconic line mother of God which I loved because like, we haven't heard him say that for a while. Um, Dot and Kate then burst in with the CCTV images of Prasad and Dryden together at that function, looking very friendly. Um, they also show Carly Kirk, who was wait- waitressing at the event. Kate says Kirk was known to Prasad and this was the last time she was seen alive. It's all coming together now. Oh, it is. Um, Ted heads to Dryden's office and tells him one of the gunmen has confessed to the ambush. Uh, Hargreaves is there as well and he's like, I want to hear it. Um, there's loads of tension between Les and Dryden. Is like, Les, can you leave, pet? So then Dryden tells <laughs> Ted that they need to keep a lid on the whole thing. Like, literally, Har- like Hargreaves and Ted is... I, honestly, I thought someone was going to throw a punch there. And while you're on Hargreaves, just so we mention, in the last recap that we done for season yep. one we made the connection for the first time between Ryan Pilkinson's social worker Jane Hargreaves Jane Hargreaves yep. now we don't know what the relationship is but I'll be damned but that Hannah, is your, not a coincidence your observation made a Radio Times article well I nearly collapsed Incredible. when I saw that it was sweet to do so yeah I just wanted as we get to know Hargreaves more let's just remind ourselves of that absolutely um, so anyway Dryden is like to Ted we need to keep on the li- lid on this whole thing he's like oh is Denton one of the officers involved in this ambush um, but Ted doesn't say and then Ted's a bit threatening here he's like oh there's still a few more officers that are yet to be identified suddenly Dryden pipes in he's like oh Ted pet you could be looking at a promotion here bourbon cream that's how it all works do you know what I mean here fancy a biscuit I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine Um, in a laneway slash car park Dot is waiting for someone okay a car pulls up a door opens and suddenly we don't see a leg or a stiletto we see a cane touch the concrete (laughs) Nigel Morton is back baby and the dynamic has certainly changed between him and Dot um, since Dot got the promotion at the end of season one so Dot is asking Morton off the record for some info on Dryden and the wife's speeding ticket situation Um, um, Morton then reveals that Dryden likes them young and that Jeremy Ooh. Cole knows more about that situation. Uh, Dot then says, oh, I heard Jeremy's known as the caddy. And he tells Morton that all Morton has to do to keep his name out of the Dryden saga is say that he has heard Cole being called that name for old time's sake. He wouldn't want people to know that he's leaked stuff to the papers. So Nigel Morton's always leaking shit to the papers. Mm-hmm. 
And Morton is like, oh. Making that cruise money, baby. Absolutely. Morton's like, oh yeah, actually, um, Jeremy Cole used to always wear golf jumpers. So um, it's real random because he never plays golf. And Dot's just like, nice one, mate. There you go. <laughs> um, at the hospital, Kate tells Steve that she wants to stay late to be there with Prasad when he wakes up. Steve does think this is all a bit odd. A few minutes later, we do find out that Kate is actually staying in a hotel. She's not living at home. So that explains why she wants to stay late, maybe. But I also was like, mm, why are you waiting for him to wake up? Do you guys know each other? Mm? Okay. Maybe. Okay. I just was like, you know, I don't know. I was just like, you're right, you're staying late. But it is because she lives somewhere else. But She was waiting I mean, for her big Tesco to open. She was. Uh, in course, Denton is granted bail. Uh, she and Steve head back to her house for some fish and chips, a glass of wine. Denton says that her stunning kitty had to be adopted. Um, and she also says she had to get rid of the one before because Mike Dryden was allergic. Steve reveals that Prasad is naturally dead and that there's every chance that he'll talk. So Denton's probably like, FML. <laughs> you know? Do they have, like, what Ted listened to then? They, that's probably immissible in court and stuff the, his oh, dying declaration yeah. it's just fucked out the window now He's yeah so he around. says in a while like when he wakes up that he but, was under duress so it can't be counted it's, it's yeah. gonna be but yeah. Prasad surviving though should help Lindsay because I mean if he decided to admit everything no yeah, but then he doesn't. He's trying to get immunity and stuff, so he doesn't want to admit to too. You know yeah. what I mean? Um. Okay. So where are we? Yes, in the hospital. Prasad's awake. We we're going to find all this now. Uh. He tells AC12 that that whether his declaration is true or false is irrelevant because it was obtained under duress and he was just saying those things to be kept alive um, and it will be inadmissible in court. Um, they ask about whether he was Carly Kirk's boyfriend or if Dryden killed her and Prasad asks for our four favourite words Immunity! Uh, back at base, Kate shows Steve pictures of Carly Kirk in Dryden's car after the reception and she appears to be performing a sex act now. Like she's a minor so it's not her performing a sex so act it's literally like him she's engaging in sex yeah, with a child. She's um, 15. Yeah, it's absolutely horrific. And this man is a full-blown officer. Like, it's just, I don't know. Kate also has images of a body discovered in the garage with the same clothes that Carly was wearing. So it's a body wearing waitress's clothes. Um, and Ted ponders whether Dryden was blackmailed by Prasad with these images. So we're now kind of like, right, was someone taking these images to blackmail him to get him involved in whatever you know we're kind of getting a bit more detail on all the link between them all later on Kate and Steve show up at Dryden's massive stunning red brick detached house and <laughs> they arrest him um, Ted then meets Roshi and his wife in the pub and he's like listen with the cruise with the brochure I showed you I got a bit ahead of myself I have to do the right thing now oh no because Dryden so, was given the promotion and now yeah, he's a and, and she is not happy you know that way um, next up there is quite a long interrogation scene so I'm we're just going to do a quick summary. This is Dryden in AC12. This is when yeah. they're questioning him about all the shit with Lindsay, the ambush, the speeding ticket, blah, blah, blah. Has he been arrested at this stage? So originally they were like, oh, if we take you in for questioning, it's voluntary. And then he's kind of like, no, what are you doing, you two kids? And then they're like, we're arresting you. Get your arse in here. Good. Let's go. So he has been arrested. He's in custody. And he's questioned by Kate and Steve all about his relationship with Denton, why she was covering the night of the ambush, why he called her the nickname Linda, which Denton says he always called her during the affair to throw his wife off the scent. Okay, because the wife obviously knew Lindsay. Yeah. Or it would have just been like, you work with this girl. He's like, Linda. All right. Okay. Pick a different name. So that's why that first scene is just that level of detail. Do you know that yeah. way? It's just absolutely stunning. Um, after denying the affair, Dryden eventually reveals that he shagged Lindsay a couple of times. She was a bunny boiler and then I moved on. Cutting. 
cutting. Uh, but the interesting thing is a 20-second call that Dryden made, sounding very distressed a few months back um, on August the 16th. He says that Denton was stalking him and that she's very manipulative and conniving, right? So then Kate and Steve move on to the road offence and they're like, right, the story is is that Dryden was speeding in his wife's car on August 16th, but... They say, listen, you can't be speeding because you were calling Denton. You can't have been in the car. So Dryden then reveals that his wife was actually going to an AA meeting and that he covered for her because she didn't want to tell anyone that she was going to an AA meeting. Lies upon bleeding So lies. he took the blame for the speeding because the wife was going to an AA meeting. This is what he's saying. So he needed the alibi. Absolutely. So Kate and Steve are like, well, actually, your wife, Helen, told her mates that she was like about about the driving offence so she wasn't trying to hide it so instead they ask him if he was using the speeding as an alibi when he was in fact in the Edge Park area meeting <gasps> people about the ambush and um, they also bring up why Denton is being blamed for the ambush when Acres had a tracking device on her car that wasn't disclosed to AC12 because Dryden wants Lindsay to take the blame so they're also like did Hargreaves not give AC12 the any information about the tracker because you want her to go down for this um, oh, is a- it like Dryden asked Hargreaves not to disclose yeah, it? Yeah, because okay. he's just like, let her yeah. go for this. AC12 then revealed that they have Tommy Hunter on tape admitting that he was going to blackmail Dryden. They then whip out the images of Dryden and Carly Kirk together in the car. Now, he's like, oh, that didn't fully happen. I came to my senses and and it never got started. Oh, well done you. Yeah, but AC12 are like, well, these photos were used by Tommy to blackmail Dryden, which then lead to Dryden organising the ambush to have Tommy silenced. Because he had these photos. Yes. Okay. So I think it's that's one thing that I was, I was like, I need clarity on this. So like, because it does get very confusing. You're like, hold on. Well, like, is Manish working for Tommy? Why did they want Tommy dead? All this stuff. So they're like, he was, uh, Tommy was blackmailing Dryden. And then Dryden was like, we need to get rid of him. And, okay. and that's the, the bottom line. So Dryden yeah. called for the ambush. This is what they're. This is what it's looking like right. at the moment. Okay. So then they show Dryden the pictures of the body, and Dryden's like, "I didn't murder Cardi." And can I just say, Dryden took. If that is the case, Dryden was taking out two birds at one stone because he's like, "I'll do the ambush. I'll take out Tommy. I'll also get Lindsay mm-hmm. to do the ambush, and I'll deal with both of my problems yes. on one night while I'm swanning around in City Hall." Yes. So that's the theory now. We'll, we can talk about it at the end, what we think. So then they show Dryden the pictures of Carly Kirk's alleged body and Kate and Steve are like, well, these are the clothes that she was wearing. So like, w- what's going on? She was wearing these in the car. Because she had no face or fingerprints. Left. Or teeth. So yeah. she's wearing the waitress clothes. Um, and they're like, oh, the clothes that you were wearing in the car with her in the pictures were never found. And also you got your car steam cleaned the next day. So you're looking very dodgy here. And Dryden is like, no, I did it clear out. And then I got the car cleaned because I didn't want my wife finding any evidence of Carly being in the car of like, you know, the whatever was going on between the two of them. Dryden then shouts at Hastings. He's like, oh my God, Hastings has been bribed to go after him because of the mess that Hastings made for himself. And he's like, that's all going to come out. So Dryden's like, oh, you're coming after me because I know about all your financial problems, basically. Um, You're finished, Dryden shouts at Hastings. Dryden's then told um, that Hastings will be seeking a charge for to charge him with murder conspiracy. Wait, murder, conspiracy to murder and sexual activity with a child. Dryden's like, I'm innocent. Someone's setting me up. And at the end of the episode, Steve receives Denton's medical records, which reveal that she terminated a pregnancy that year. And on the news, it's revealed that Dryden is the person being held as a suspect in the ambush investigation. And we see Lindsay take a stunning sip from her wine. Because she's like, finally. Yeah. 
Uh, a lot happens in that episode. Yeah, great summary. A lot, guys. I mean, listen, I'm going on, but we'll go to episode six now. This is the finale. This is the. This is when everything is cleared up. Comes together. Yeah. And when Lindsay tells Steve that she had to get rid of a cat because Dryden was allergic. She's talking about the baby. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 I didn't make yeah. that connection. Because when they realise, oh my God, she terminated a child, they're like, God, that man did so much more fucked up yeah. stuff to her. Absolutely. Yeah. So, on. poor Lindsay. Yeah, poor like, Lindsay, honestly. But, but at the same time, now, poor Lindsay, but then she's also trying oh. to cover her arse so much with all these different things. Like, Lindsay is playing Steve to a I level adore. of nothing else. Yeah, she's amazing. Like, she's so, so intelligent. So, the Line of Duty season two finale opens at Denton's mum's funeral. She holds Steve's hand as the coffin is lowered into the ground. At the hospital, Manish says that he is a- retracting everything that he said in his dying declaration. He won't say who ordered the ambush, but he does confirm that Tommy Hunter got him to get the pictures of Dryden and Carly in the car. Um, Ted's like, I'm really confused because if you're Tommy's man, and why are you involved in trying to kill Tommy? And Manish explains that Tommy was blackmailing the DCC, aka Dryden, so he was probably capable of doing much worse. So him and the other parties involved reckon that they'd be better off getting rid of Tommy. Okay, Ted, so let me just yeah, let me just sorry, right, go through again. So even though Manish works for sorry, Tommy, I had to sneeze terribly because Tommy had something on the top top guy. They were like, right, if you can take out Dryden like that, none of us are safe. Is that kind of what yeah. we're meant to be? Yeah, he okay. was just like, it, it, this is getting too much now. Okay, like, we need to get rid of him. So Ted also says a very legendary line of juicy here. We are interested. Wait, we are only interested in one thing and one thing only, and that is Ben Coppers. Yeah, because he's yeah. like, leave all that between you guys. But we just want to know who's bent or whatever in all of that. Uh, Prasad then reveals that Dryden got himself blown by Carly, but he didn't kill her. Uh, Carly did a runner and they dressed up another body in a waitress uniform some slapper that fit the bill he is some piece of work Manish Prasad um, Prasad says Acres got involved in the ambush because of a middleman that he doesn't know um, and sorry where am I yeah um, and that she was killed because she knew the name of the middleman, the middleman so Dot then asks about Cole being known as the caddy and Prasad is like oh no he couldn't organise a piss up in a brewery <laughs> and uh, Prasad says Denton was spared at the ambush because there was an order not to kill her so then they're like hang on there was an order not to kill Denton like she has to be involved in this and know yeah. about it or before. have something on someone yeah okay yeah so it, it's Mother of God. turned so after the funeral Denton <laughs> to asks to quote our yeah <laughs> There's so much going on. After the funeral, Denton asks Steve to go by the nursing home to get her mum's personal things. Um, they go back to her gaff and Steve brings a few of the bags upstairs. Steve, would you take a day off, pass? Very important to note. Though. Yes. Um, at the station, Denton is questioned about the CCTV footage of Dryden and Prasad at the event and Dryden leaving with Carly Kirk. She's like, listen, I was at the function, but only to confront Mike Dryden because he wasn't returning her calls. Denton is like, I didn't know anything about him being with Carly. I went straight home after. I didn't follow them. And she only found out that Carly was a missing person and about her existing after the ambush coincidentally she claims just I just yeah, came just, upon the fire yeah, skipped yeah. over Jackie Lav and landed on Carly Kirk. Carly Kirk yeah like oh so random um, we then see that Kate is now sleeping in her car in her local Tesco so grim <laughs> like she the Tesco thing's Handy actually for true. the big shop though <laughs> what is. are they paying them in that belief and belief <laughs> one's eating mayonnaise off a spoon the other one's sleeping <laughs> in the, in the Tesco car park <laughs> Ted then tells Dryden that he is now only being charged with perverting the course of justice in relation to the driving offence with his wife because there's no evidence like there's insufficient evidence of him being involved in the ambush or engaging in sexual activity with the child so Dryden then tells Ted that he wants his charge dropped 
um, because he can have information that can help him. So Dryden's just pulling out that trick. Everyone does it. Immunity. I'll tell you this. Leverage. You do that. It's literally all of them. No one ever gets punished for anything. It's actually annoying, isn't it? <laughs> um, Dryden then says, you know, Denton was following me when I gave Carly Kirk a lift to the Edge Park Railway Station. And he says that Denton being there proves that she knows more about the girl, the entrapment and the ambush. And Ted is like, I am sick to the back teeth of this mudslinging between you and your bit on the side. <laughs> um, okay, so like basically Dryden's like, Lindsay was there. She does know about Carly. So like as time goes on, we are starting to get a little bit of little holes in Lindsay's version of events. And up until that point, I was like, she is telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth, yeah. team Lindsay. I was like, love her. She is having such a terrible time now. And they I'm were like, like okay. Yeah. So Dot, like meanwhile, is combing through CCTV footage, which shows Dryden dropping Carly uh, like a few minutes, like for a few minutes. Then they see another car like in the car park after they arrive. And then they realize that that car was actually there before they even arrived. So they're like, right, Someone was there to set them up. Like, that's the car. Um, afterwards, Ted is like pulling Dot aside and he's like, Hun, are you still trying to find out who the caddy is? Because Prasad thinks that it isn't Cole. <laughs> and he says that the caddy is the missing link between the criminal parties and the corrupt officers. And Dot is like, Ted, I'm on it. I'm on it. Um, Come on, we go for an Indian. <laughs> pull a few birds. AC12 <laughs> then meet up with Hargreaves and Nikki and ask why they didn't tell them about the tra- tracking device on Acre's car because that really is the key to the whole thing. And they're like, oh, actually, the forensics on the device were inconclusive because of the fire damage. So we're like, okay. What? Fire damage on the tracking device. This is, okay, that's weird. What What's going on there? So Kate is like staring intently at <laughs> the tracking device through, like she is like, oh, staring at the tracking finding device. this out. Okay. Dot brings Morton to the site of the ambush and he's chatting about how Jeremy Cole, aka the caddy, knew it was the right place. He's like, man, Jeremy knew this was the best place to do the ambush. Um, And he's like, Morton, come here, pal. Um, You know, I need you to say that Cole brought you here before and admitted to having underworld connections, you know? (laughs) And uh, he's like, I want to put this whole thing to bed. And Morton is like, here, I think I should stay out of this. But Dot gets so hostile. And he's like, here, I need you to make the statement. So then Dot grabs Morton by the neck and Bob the Builder bites back. He breaks free, (laughs) drops the cane and legs it. So we're like, holy shit, Morton is not, he doesn't have a disability. Morton is Speedy Gonzalez. (laughs) It is ridiculous. So Dot chases after him and this is my favourite scene in the whole of season two. He chases after him, he runs through these hedges and funnily, Dot ends up on a golf course. I was like, Jed. Oh, no way. You are just, I'm like, Jed is the gift that keeps on giving. I loved that. Um, Morton then speeds off in the car that they arrived in. So Dot's just left there on his own like a plank in the middle of a golf course. (laughs) And now I think Dot, I don't know where the cane is at this stage. Anyway, that was just something I noticed. I was like, where's the cane? Later that evening. No, he has to, guys. Nigel Morton has to come back. He has, <laughs> he has to. to. Um, that evening, Lindsay Denton is playing some gorgeous piano music for Steve. Now, they're getting very close. Um, he asks her about getting rid of her cat. This is the bit that you do reveal oh, to okay. what you were saying, Hannah, earlier. So he's like, oh, you said you got rid of your cat because of Dryden. And then he's like, oh, I have access to your medical records. And Denton has to admit that it wasn't a cat that she was talking about. She says that Mike and his wife never had kids. And when she told him she was pregnant, he denied it completely. So like he, she's been through hell and back. Jeez. Hell, and maybe that was the reason he wouldn't leave the wife in the end. That could have been a real trigger point for him and her. Yeah, it's just he's just like it's not. It's awful. He treated Bob her line, terribly. Though, could Steve just not? 
be in her apartment. Like she's a very yeah. vulnerable person. Just get a fucking grip. Like. I know, but you know what, guys? And also, and why would you tell somebody that you have that really personal information about them? Like that's he's just really inappropriate worm, to say. He's trying to worm, worm, worm his way into another level of like understanding so. everything. Yeah, yeah. Thirty percent of him is definitely trying to ride her though. I'm he sorry. was, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It's seventy thirty. He is like trying to do his job, 60, but he's 40. also yeah, maybe sixty forty. <laughs> sure, um, while we're here, at police HQ, guys, Dot <laughs> finds like Morton like returning his car. So like Dot is like f- like Dot goes up to the reception. He's he, like, like walked back. He's from like, the where's my car? <laughs> oh, like fuming. He's like, where's my car? And the girl's like, oh, Nigel Morton's just dropping it back. So he goes to the Caneless. car park <laughs> and he finds Morton. And Morton's holding up his cane and he goes, disability benefits all the cushy assignments. I'm. <laughs> so he goes to Dot though. Morton's like, you know my secrets now. I know yours. And suddenly he pulls out an unregistered phone that he uh, that Dot had hidden under his back seat. And you know he's like, I've made a note of all these numbers in this phone in case anything happens to me. And Dot is like, oh, no, 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 that's all in the past. I'm clean now. And Morton is like, nah, mate. Listen, he's like, this needs to just be left now. I know your shit. You know mine. It would be stupid if we blow the whistle on each other. And he hands Dot Dot back his keys. And he's like, ta, ta for now. Wow. Which, sorry. I totally miss the fact that Morton doesn't actually need a cane. He doesn't in his. Morton is. And, and like, and there's also a scene at the very end, which I was laughing at. Like, he's getting handed, like, envelopes with, like, loads of money. And, like, yeah. Morton is leaking shit to the press. He's just. Have a cushy job. He he's could like, be the juiciest the one of them all. Oh, I'd say Morton's done much worse than faking a cane. Um, okay, right. So Denton returns to AC12 for questioning for the 15th time of the series. And Kate pulls out the forensic report with the tracker on it. And. She's like, okay, this tracker was under Acre's car, but there are irregularities with it. Kate says that the tracker should have paint residue from Acre's car in it because it was stuck underneath there. This is Kate's like lethal detective work. Yeah. Absolutely. So she's like, right, it should have Acre's paint on it because it was left there for a while, but it doesn't. Instead, there's actually residue from the car that Denton was driving on the night. So they're starting to go... Was the tracker on Denton's car, basically. Uh, Denton's like, oh, maybe the high temperature caused this weird error between all the paint and everything. And Kate's like, uh, no. <laughs> like, it, the tracker may or may not have been on Acre's car before it was found. So, like, maybe it was only put there that night rather than being there for ages. And they're kind of speculating to her, like, oh, maybe the people responsible put it on Denton's car because they wanted to you to take the blame for the whole thing. And Denton's like, no, 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 that's not what happened. Um, and then she gets called out here because Ted's like, well, if you're really sure that it wasn't on your car, that means you checked your car to see yeah. if there was a tracker. So she's like, oh, oh, fuck. So Denton's like, I need to go to the bathroom, right? So Kate's <laughs> like, we are getting there. We are going to crack this case. I need a glass of water. While she's gone, oh, yeah. While she's gone, Kate is like, Steve is fuming between this whole thing. Steve's like, well, you can't be questioning her like this. She's a witness. You can't be questioning her as a suspect. And Kate's like, Steve, there's a four to five minute gap between when Lindsay made the radio status zero call and to when the police arrived. So there is a five minute window that a tracker could have been moved between two cars. And um, he's all loved up now and you won't hear a word. Oh, like Steve is Words literally like, against her. He's so fuming. Um, and basically, like Kate is like, she moved the tracker because it is the one thing that proves that she was part of this conspiracy before she got to the, the emergency call that night. Um, so whether or not she was a conspirator or a scapegoat, she was known to the ambushers. In the bathroom, Denton then has this weird flashback of Carly Kirk telling her her nef- necklace is pretty. Yes. Okay. So now yeah, we're yeah, yeah. like... 
she met Carly Kirk and in person. And also, what that you know? tracker also does is, because Denton was not meant to be working that night, she was called into work to replace someone that Dryden took out of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That also sets up him because it's like, she was. why would a random police officer who wasn't in work have a tracker on their car? She was placed there. So it incriminates him and her. Mm-hmm. So back in the interrogation room, Denton says that she can't explain the forensic irregularities on the tracker. Kate's like, it's possible that someone placed a tracker on your car without you knowing. Um, and then, sorry, that Denton said that. And Kate's like, well, why would they have an order to spare you then? And Denton's really shocked. She's like, oh, I thought I was just lucky, but obviously they must have known who I was before. And they must have known that I had nothing to do with everything and they must have planned to let me go. And Kate is like, well, if they knew about you, they could have used to track your you to track your car. Like if they knew about you, they're obviously going to use you for some reason. Um, and she's like, that would mean that the tracker would have been moved. And Denton's like, oh, I don't know who moved the tracker. And Kate's like, well, it was moved before the blue lights arrived. Um, but Denton says that Acre's car was on fire, so it couldn't have been moved. She's like, yeah. well, that car was on fire, so how would someone move the tracker? And Kate's like, well, maybe someone used some sort of implement to move the tracker to extend their yeah. reach. Okay, yeah, also, okay. can I just point out how difficult it would be in the heat of the moment. It was pitch black down that back laneway. Yeah. And to go along to, to, to carry out that ambush, and you may have been given an order to spare Lindsay Denton, but like they had helmets on. It was really dark. And in the heat of the moment of like murdering a load of people, how, do, how can you be sure if you're shooting at the right person or not? Like, how could they get it right that they spared her? It must be really hard. Yeah, no, but the thing about it is, though, is that they just, whatever car Lindsay was in was off the road. Do you get me? So she yeah. was off the road, so they were able to just so go she, kill maybe Tommy. Maybe they knew she was leading, so they were like, drive the first one off the road and then go for the one behind. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, obviously, the orders came from someone with so much leverage or so much power that they were not going to get it wrong. Yeah. Because no. everyone has something and on also, everyone else. And also, they didn't give a... They, they, they obviously wanted to kill Acres because, as uh, Manish Prasad said before, like, she knew the middleman, so yeah. Acres was never going to survive it. So it is a bit weird that Denton did survive, but... Anyway, that's because we'll find out. Um, after the interview, Kate's fuming that she didn't catch Denton out. She's like, oh my God, I can't. Like, that was my moment it to do it. It was wasn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And Ted is like, nicking criminals is bad enough, but nicking bent coppers, God give me strength. He's like, it's it's too hard. On the way out, Kate is watching as Steve walks out with Lindsay and he has his arm on her back. So Kate's just like... Oh my god! You'd actually, Keep it in your you'd trousers. actually kill him if you worked with him, wouldn't you? Oh, you would. Okay. So that night, Steve gets a call in bed, and it's from a police officer who is at Kate's house. And he arrives, and Kate is so upset because her husband has changed the locks. And um, the police are obviously all watching as this happens. And Kate is like, "I just wanted to see my son. I've nowhere else to go." And she's like, "My cover with Denton was blown. You know, I need to close this case, or else I've nothing." And Steve is like. Oh, sorry. She's like to Steve. Oh, you know, you were shagging the nurse. Now you're shagging the prime suspect. And Steve is like, well, your cover was blown because you underestimated Denton. But my cover is succeeding because Denton underestimates me. So Steve is playing the best game. All of us. He's playing all of us. He is. Steve is getting close to Denton because Steve is cracking the case. Now and I think it's seventy thirty as well. Seventy thirty. At the same time, though, I'm like Steve. Just Steve just went undercover after Kate's cover was blown. 
He has an undeniable sex drive at the same time. He, he does. He does. He yeah. does. Um, so he's like, listen, it's succeeding because De- Denton underestimates me as much as you do, Kate. And Steve is like, listen, Kate, I think you're right about her. I think she done it. They hug each other. They go back for a cup of tea. They're in Steve's house. So Kate stays in Steve's house for a while. And they're chatting to each other. And Steve is speculating whether Denton did follow Dryden and Carly to the station and that she witnessed the whole sting against Dryden. And he's like, it was 20 days before the ambush. So Carly Kirk is the connection and um, this leads him to call Lindsay's boss and he finds out that Sergeant O'Neill was the person who was on the Carly Kirk case before Denton was put on it so before the ambush Sergeant O'Neill What's his name? was on Sergeant O'Neill yeah okay so the next day Steve is back in Denton's house having a wine and he's asking her about this run-in that she had with with um Sergeant O'Neill last year and Steve is like oh you know, actually, he took a call from Acres on the night of the ambush. I wonder if he's maybe in on it and maybe he just wants you to take the blame. So O'Neill is then interviewed and they're like, okay, what do you know about Carly's disappearance? Um, she was involved with this blackmail conspiracy involving a man by the name of Alex Campbell. So Tommy Hunter's alias when he went into witness protection was Alex Campbell. Okay. Um, and they're like, you Google, not Google, well, you search for Alex Campbell's name in the police database in August, the August the 25th. Who did Dryden? They they know they accuse O'Neill of okay. searching. So they okay. can see that O'Neill was logged into his computer and that he searched for um, Alex Campbell in the database and he's like well who like do you know who Alex Campbell is like what's your connection to Alex Campbell um, and basically O'Neill's kind of he has a history of using his work computer to access gambling sites Okay. so I think <laughs> I that like Ted's like you need to talk like you need to talk about why you were searching for Alex Campbell like are you connected to this whole thing Kate then brings Denton to Edgeway Railway Station to help with the Carly investigation. And Kate's like, listen, were you here when Car- when Dryden dropped Carly off? There's then flashbacks of Carly being beaten by Tommy Hunter. And Denton is like, I don't know anything. I want to go home. This is the big reveal, guys. This is where we find here out we absolutely go. everything. So it's two months Stop earlier. We see Denton watching Dryden talk to Carly. And we see the exchange with Carly in the bathroom. Lindsay follows Dryden and Carly and um, witnesses him telling her to get out and he throws her out of the car um, uh, like pretty like straight away after the sex act assault. started. Assault. Yeah, literally assault of a child. Um, so he throws her out of the car. A different car then pulls up after and it's driven by Prasad. Tommy jumps out of the car and he starts throwing things at Carly and she actually does get away. So Denton takes down the reg number. So Denton is watching this whole thing of Carly being thrown out of the car Dryden speeding off another car pulling up driven by Prasad and Tommy getting out and so she, so Lindsay now is this is her this is how we know she is connected to the ambush before mm-hmm. it happened um, she la- later like she searches the place in the database in the office but she's actually using O'Neill's computer to log in so Lindsay so is good. the person who searched for Alex Campbell under uh, at O'Neill's computer. Kind of feel sorry for him. And O'Neill did actually accuse Lindsay of using his computer because they had a falling out. He's like, "Why were you on my computer?" And she's like, "Well, you don't want other people looking at your database." So obviously O'Neill's just like they have a terrible history to them. A few days later, we see Lindsay approach Alex Campbell in this car park, and she's like, "Oh, your car is linked to this reported assault on a girl." Suddenly, Acres appears, flashes her badge, and she's like, "Is there a problem here?" And Denton, Denton just backs off then. So Denton did take it upon herself to investigate this situation. And obviously that led her to be involved in all the shit show. Mm-hmm. That night, Acres actually calls to Denton's house and she's like, what do you know about Alex Campbell? 
and Acres is like, listen, you're now involved in all this shit, so I'm hoping that we can develop a common purpose. Acres explains that Carly is 15 and that Alex Campbell has been involved with everything from underage girls, drugs, guns, the whole lot, but they can't touch him for it. She says Carly has been drugged, pimped, beaten, and Acre says that they need to save her, but Alex is untouchable because he has immunity. So she's like, we really need to do something about him, but he is way too smart, so we have to do it right. Denton is like, listen, if it comes to saving Carly, I, you can trust me. And Acres is like, well, Denton, you're going to have to get involved when you're on duty as, as you're on duty as duty, duty inspector. Officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's other parties interested in him. So the less you know about all this, the better. So now we know Denton did know before that night that there was going to be something involved. And she was. And she knew yeah. Jane, which is something she was adamantly lying about for yeah. the whole season. So Acres is like, listen, I can help you in other ways if you get involved in this. And Denton's like, no. And Acres is like, well, you know, we're involved in this together now. You're in it. Um, she's like, this will be a grand. It'll be a nice calm handover between us. I will hand Tommy over and you'll walk away. We'll both win. And she's like, listen, take this money. Enjoy it. And Acres gets back into her car and Acres gets into the car with dun, 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 Dot. God. Dot is the middleman. Guys. So Dot is the middleman. That is why Acres got killed because she knew about Dot. Okay. Denton is then in the nursing home with her mum. It's just a really short scene between the between the two of them, and her mum is like, "Listen, you need to live your life because you have sacrificed so much for me. Like you sold your house, my house, everything. You need to live your life." And then we see Denton like drinking a glass of wine and mulling over like the money or whatever. Suddenly, we are back where the whole series started. Denton is at the scene of the ambush. We see her take the tracker from under her car and use a branch to put it underneath the vehicle that's burning just before the blue lights arrive. Back in the present day, Kate drops Denton to her door and asks if there's anything she wants to say. When they uh, walk in, they're greeted by Steve, who's in a moon suit, and he's like, hello, Inspector. So we're like, oh, Jay, right the jigs up now Kate is like right there were two interesting findings on O'Neill's computer and they we know that you used it uh, to get information on Alex Campbell aka Tommy Hunter a full two weeks before the ambush Denton says that uh, he's lying because he was involved in the conspiracy but Steve is like no you already told me that he wasn't and you kind of were trying to throw me off the scent from checking he asks Denton to come upstairs and he says um she also made a point of personally contacting, uh, sorry, personally connecting her mum's belongings from the nursing home straight after she died. Steve is like, this is the first thing you said after your mum died. You were like her personal belongings. I'll explain that to me, why that is important. I'll, I'll, sorry, the yeah, comment. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Okay, so, sorry. so Steve is just like, you kept saying about your mum's personal belongings and he opens an overnight bag and it is filled with wads of cash. So Denton put the money that Acres gave her in the nursing in home with, with her mum. Mom. Yeah. Denton is then arrested and brought back to the station. Ted and Doc greet them outside. They congratulate um, Kate and Steve for cracking the case. Walking out, Ted is like, oh, Dot, is your report on the caddy finished? Like, how's it going? And uh, he also asks Dot if he wants his secondment to AC9 be made permanent. Um, Kate and Steve are having a drink in the pub when Nikki, is that her name? Yeah. Yeah, Nikki from Hargraves' team arrives. Uh, Kate is like, listen, you go and enjoy your night with her. And... He's like, are you going to go home soon? And Kate's like, yeah, yeah, I'll sort something out. Um, so as Steve is leaving, he changes his mind. He snogs Nicola and he's like, can we do this tomorrow night? And then he goes back and rejoins Kate. And Kate's he's like, 
we'll have a drink together. We then see Carly at a ferry port and we get our lovely line of juicing closing notes. Carly Kirk's missing persons file continues to be on 28 day review. Her current whereabouts are unknown. Next scene. The Major Violent Crimes Unit continues to investigate the conspiracy to murder John Thomas Hunter. All suspects are former criminal associates of Hunter. Next scene. Deputy Chief Constable Mike Dryden resigned from the police service uh, per, for perverting the course of justice and he received a suspended sentence. He so, got like, away, he got with, away with it. Nigel Morton remains a serving detective constable. Uh, which I was obsessed with and he's literally taken a big envelope full of money <laughs> from someone in a lane yeah, way. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. stop. Um, DS Manish Prasad is currently cooperating with an investigation into vice squad corruption. The Crown Prosecution Service has yet to determine what charges he will face. And finally, DI Lindsay Denton pleaded not guilty to the charge of conspiracy to murder. She was convicted on a majority verdict and is currently serving a life sentence at Her Majesty's Prison, Brentis. Wow. Wow. A lot happened in what the last the 15 minutes, but I just love that you were like, the whole time we all were rooting for Lindsay Denton, but she did, in fact, know. She got involved for the right reasons, though. She wanted to save that girl. She wanted to save yes, Carly Kirk. And, and and that feeds back, I think, the reason she was so passionate about saving Carly Kirk is because she had to get rid of her cat. I, I think that's that's the... 100%. Yeah. She witnessed an opportunity to, to get back at Dryden for five years of promising her I, that she would leave, that yeah, he would leave his I think wife, it was a double thing. To have a family. To get back at him and also to just help a child. Yeah, That's it exactly. Like so many of these incidences were like two birds at one stone. Like yeah. Dryden was like, I'll take out Lindsay and Tommy. Yeah. And she was like, I'll take down Dryden and save Carly. Yeah. Like that's why it's so confusing because there's seven things going but on But I, I wonder, did she actually know that Dryden organised the ambush? fully do you know what I mean and then I'm like did he was it was it not Doss do you know what I mean like Doss the middleman like did Dryden we don't Dryden's situation is he did he did engage in a sex act with a child but was he there's insufficient evidence about the murder thing I'm like, is Manish just saying it's Dryden to protect Dot? Do you know what I mean? I'm still... It's because Dryden was the one that invited your man to the City yeah. Hall event and got Lindsay put on that night. I just feel like he's probably involved a little bit more. Yeah. But that's because that. of the pictures. All, all of it is because of the pictures of Carly. It's like this qu- crazy thing. I'm just kind of like, it, I know Dryden was involved in all that because he had to mm. do it. He probably just been blackmailed. But it's just, there's still a bit with that that I'm a bit like... It, there, there has to be more in the well, dog situation. Well, you know we're missing the top man. Yeah. Like, yeah. there is a top man yeah. calling the shots. That feeds down into Dot and then that feeds out into, like, Manish, Manish Dryden. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, I think Dryden's under Dot. Yeah, maybe. In, okay. in, level in the of criminal yeah. there. But in the police, he's over him. Exactly. Yeah. And I think there's someone over them all that obviously we still don't know who it is. But this season is just literally a web. It's a web. Yeah. And it's 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 so clever and it's so... But it's it is a so lot, it, clever, but also confusing in how this clever it is. This season is Jed going to us, I'm going to kick it up a gear, so come along for the ride or just you can just keep watching season one because we've gone to <laughs> fucking level 10. And the main thing I think to take from it when you're going into watching season three now is that Lindsay's in prison, Dot has gotten like into AC9 on a permanent basis and he's basically covered up the caddy situation yeah. and everything's going swimmingly for him so you're like the corruption is going to just even get ramped up a bit now because he's now he now is getting all the inside info on what AC12 are investigating do you know that way? Yes. So it's another layer. Do you think we'll ever see Carly Kirk back? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so yeah. too. I think Carly Kirk and Nigel Morton for returns at some point. Carly knows a lot about Tommy all his all his ring. Yeah. 
she knows a lot. Especially all the stuff with the the girls that we see in later seasons. Do you know that way? Like she definitely has knows so much more because she wouldn't go on the run otherwise to that level that she's never been. Yeah. There's never been a word about where she's been. I'm also she's really excited to rewatch season three. It's my favorite season. Me too. Season I'm three. so excited to rewatch it. Episode six, my favorite episode. Oh yeah, same. I totally do love agreed. season three, but my God. It's an I hour and a half that one, isn't it? Too. Yeah. Season four, yeah, season four is kind of like the end of this period. It was kind of like the first three episodes were very, well, maybe not Gates, but episode two and three are obviously completely connected. Yeah. 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 So it's very I'm juicy. very, very excited. Because we lose Gates, the main kind of star that they brought in at the end of season one, but we still have Lindsay alive here. So, you know, yeah. her storyline is continuing on. Yeah. It's very juicy. Um, also this week, we have got the confirmation that filming on season six it has, has continued. Yeah, Praise be to God. Now, Jed has been tweeting like a madman and he did put up that uh, picture of an interrogation scene and you, we're all trying to speculate as to who could be in that reflection. So it's Steve in uh, questioning somebody who is, who's in prison. So you can see in the reflection of the glass the shape very, very faintly, the shape of someone's face. And also if you zoom in on the camera, you can see on the monitor. I wonder if it's Kate let's make our predictions okay so I think it's I think it's a I think it's a woman definitely I think it's either Kate or Roz Huntley I think Jed could be completely just teasing everyone and it could be an extra I think it could be um you know your man Lee Banks. Lee Banks. A lot of people from said season that on five, maybe. Um, it does look like a woman. I'm like, is it? Is it? Is it Ryan's bleeding social worker? I don't know. Is it? You know the people that were like, what is going on? There are. There's a number of people who don't seem to have gone to jail. Like Dryden never got his comeuppance, so it can't be some of those people. Do you know Although that way? There's three episodes before that scene. Yeah, and I think it could be something small like. Kate has gone undercover and she's ended up arrested but like they yeah. obviously know that she's innocent and he's gone in to be like oh mate how are you getting on blah 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 so blah, blah. it's a bit like how they teased the last season are yeah. we allowed to talk about that it's just it was kind of like glimpses of behind a cell and yes. stuff like that and you're like oh god like do you know what I mean so yeah it could be something like that I actually thought it was a man um, so I was hoping for the I don't know how much to give away now. You thought it could be someone returning from the dead, maybe? Yeah. I was hoping that it was someone that we might have seen potentially die in a later season that was coming back. That's what I'm hoping for. Although I I think if he comes back, he's not going to be in prison and that's what's throwing me. Okay. Um, So, Lee Banks, I just don't know if he has anything more to give. No, but at the end of season five, remember Ted visited. Visits him. We never understood what happened in that conversation. conversation. Okay, I'm going Lee Banks. That was left out for a reason, I think. I'm going Lee Banks. I think it's a man. Okay, well... I, I like the idea of Kate Undercover fully mm-hmm. in with a women's prison. That was yeah. pretty... That would be amazing. amazing. And also, we do know from Martin Comston that they had filmed the first four seasons before Corona happened and he said that some huge reveal happened Happens at the end of the, season four. Episode, episode, episode four. Episode four, yeah. And I think this is what that reveal is. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it has to be huge. So either it's the Lee Banks, we finally hear what he said to t- Ted and maybe that has an effect on our feelings for Hastings or they kind of tease at the end of season three that Kate's gone undercover and we don't know she's undercover. Has mm. she been arrested? I would love it to be Roz. I'd would love you? Roz. Yeah. Who, uh, for anyone who hasn't watched season four, is, is in season four. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then it could be like a Carly Kirk come back with loads of info. Like, absolutely. It absolutely could be. It could be anyone we've met before who could have been arrested Morton. for something. Like, he's done some dodgy yeah. stuff. Like, people Miroslav. Yeah. I don't know where Miroslav <laughs> is. I can't remember. <laughs> So yeah. many thoughts and theories. Um, if you've got any thoughts and theories about season two of Line of Duty, you can email us shrinepod at gmail.com. You get us on Twitter and on Instagram as well. Uh, also, if you've already seen three, we're obviously going to do season three next. Uh, any thoughts and theories on that? Email shrinepod at gmail.com. Yeah. I'm like exhausted after that now, It's guys. long. I think this is potentially the longest podcast we've done. How long is it? Uh, one hour and 42 minutes. Guess. Did we do a Dublin Murders one that was really, really long? I can't remember. But this ep- this season, I have to say, you have to know all of the details because it, otherwise it doesn't make sense. The, the end result with Dryden, it all doesn't add yeah. up. You need to kind of watch every yeah, single episode. Yeah, I don't think season three it. is as detailed as this because no. it's all real setting up, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And okay. we'll be back. We will be back. Next? Season three is next. Shrine of Duty. There's only one thing I'm interested in. One thing only. And that's bent covers. Shrine of Duty. The official, unofficial podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.